Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We are a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Dwight Bennett. Uh, Today, Tammy and I are going to talk a little bit about uh, our trip. We're going to talk a little bit about the inclusion of what we do, why we do what we do. And uh, yeah, I'm so glad that you guys are all uh, planning on coming out on the uh, 11th to have dinner with us as we retire as senior pastors. But we ain't retiring, period, uh, from any, from life, from the kingdom, from what God's called us to do because he's got a great destiny on our lives and we're just thrilled to be those who can be obedient to what God has in store for our lives. And so anyone else excited about the Lord today? Hallelujah. And he said to them in Acts 1, 7, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The Bible tells us in Acts 4.33, he's talking about the disciples. And I'm using these two scriptures because we are the modern day disciples. And everything that the Bible talks about that, that they had to do what they did is ours today to do what he's called us to do in our time of uh, ministry here on the earth. And in Acts 4.33, it says, And with great power, the apostles, what? Gave witness. And so when we talk about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about an encounter that leads us to the destinies that God has in store for our lives. Remember, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it's for us to be witnesses of those great things that we know about God. What did they they pay witness to? To the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. This was fresh. I mean, this just took place. And these disciples, these apostles were giving witness to what they saw in the crucifixion, what they saw in the resurrection, and what they knew because they had been visited by Jesus himself. And so it says, and great grace was upon them all. And so when we talk about that power, the Bible uh, says that's what we call a dunamis power. It's like the same power that dynamite has. And so when we move in the direction that God has called us to, he not only, we don't have to sheepishly go into where he's called us to because we go with power and destiny and direction. And so one of the things that transpired before we even hit the ground in Africa this time was Sunday morning, and you all kind of gathered around us, and you did the Redeemer thing. You guys all prayed and prophesied over us. Uh, So that took place. Before the trip even took place, over 30 of you made donations to this trip, and we we were able to cover every single need, and we had leftovers in our basket, to be able to sow into the lives individually of the people who are so grateful and gracious to do what they do with us and in us and through us. And so, and then, you know, so we're talking about all the people who prayed for us while we were gone. There's over 81 of you who are signed up and some of you who are watching us today, you're on that list as well. 
and mom and dad in the back there. I saw you slip in. You can't hide from us. You slipped in, but I see you back there. Uh, people like that are on our prayer list and pray daily for us. And we know that you are praying because uh, there's just no way we can do what we do. There's no way we can have the peace that we have to do what we do without riding on the waves of the prayers of people here. And so it's with great power that we were able to go and be a witness uh, to Jesus Christ and everything that we are a part of. So Tammy wrote down some things today about the prophetic ministry. And uh, we said before we left that by far, and everyone has been amazing, but the prayers and the prophetic words that you gave us before we left for this trip, I can't tell you how incredible they were in what transpired on the trip. We really felt like, or I, I felt like we were on the wings of angels. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, when there was nothing, nothing left in me, the power of God just brushed over like a wind. And I mean, there were times when we were in the desert that I thought I was going to melt. <laughs> It was so hot, but God was faithful because of you praying. And Dana, thank you, wherever you're at, Dana, for putting it together for us that you were able to share it with all of these people of what yes, was going on. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I want to start because it was so powerful, the words that we got. From the very beginning, Jill Schaefer said, clear, clean, and crisp mind operate under the Holy Spirit. If I have ever seen the Holy Spirit operate, it was to the point that there was nothing left in me. I, had, I couldn't turn to Dwight. I couldn't turn to a partner that was traveling with me. I had to turn to the Lord, and he moved miraculously. Um, it was a new level for me. It was totally a new level for me because, see, I like things strict and organized, Da, 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 da. Dwight is a, his stuff's all over, and he can go drop, and he can give, he can just preach off one word, and I, I don't operate that way. But I seen God bring me to my place. I don't want to make this about me, but I also want to give God the glory that when we yield ourselves, yes. if God calls you to a mission trip, He will do the same for you as He did for me. Um, and then there was another word, grace for the pace. Pastor Caleb had talked about. Oh, grace of God was so phenomenal because there were times we were up at 5.30 and we didn't get in until 10, and we were up at 5 o'clock. We hit the road by 6.30 in the morning. So it was God's grace for the pace. And then there was a word um, Dwight talked about. He felt that yoke, but it wasn't a burden. Um, I think Allie gave that word where there the Lord came up and lifted that yoke off, and we really seen God move in that. Well, and that word talked about that in the pace of what you guys were doing, there would seem as if there would be no burden. And I'm telling you, the, the more demanding things in the trip got is the more peace that we had. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I always come back, and I feel like a broken record because I tell you, are this was the most incredible trip we've ever taken. Well, I'm going to break the record again today because this trip was even more incredible than any of the other trips that were as incredible as you ever thought it could be. But the burden was easy. The yoke was light, and uh, it was just crazy. And then uh, I think Pastor Betty had a word about being one. If I've ever felt that we were one, we operated as a hand in glove like I've never seen before. 
and it was just so powerful. And we would never know because from the moment we stopped off the plane, I thought we were going to the hotel to get washed up after two <laughs> days of travel. And they whisked us up and said, oh, we're taking you to meet a group of women. And I said, I have sweat, I mean, I have stretchy pants. The National Director of Women's Ministry in, in all Kenya. of Kenya. And I'm like, no. <laughs> but I thought, you know what? It was outside of myself. God, this is what it is. And here I am. But we operated in such a... Uh, a way that I've not seen before, and so that was really good. And these ladies purchased a piece of land all through women of Kenya. No, no men's money was on this, mm -hmm. uh, the, and they had it all built around the walls because everybody builds a wall around their property, and they were just getting ready to start the next phase of uh, buildings that they're going to build there, and that was the first place that many of you had given us seeds and said, do something with this money that you think will be incredible and amazing. So we made a $500 donation to these women for the future of their women's ministry project, and the prayer time at the end of this meeting was so incredible that you wouldn't have thought that we had traveled two days to get there. And this is the other thing. Some of you wrote and said, where in the world did your plane take you on the first trip? Well, it was a 14-hour scheduled trip, and they kept flying all the way across the Mediterranean because they were trying to dodge weather and civil conflicts in several African nations. And we were flying just to the tip of Egypt and Israel and coming through the Red Sea and uh, now we would not be able to fly that exact route, would not be able to be flown today because of the Israeli conflict. But the actual flight was 16 hours and 20 minutes. And I'm telling you, it was like, get me off the, this plane. So it was crazy and exciting right from the hit. I felt like uh, the word that we were, a dynamic duo was really just apropos for, uh, for the trip. Um, strength. Um, Dwight really felt like he was a chessboard, that we were always just throwing into things. We have to be spontaneous. And I had to work through learning to be spontaneous. I'm not spontaneous. Dwight is. But we really learned to flow in that. Actually, Leslie, your word was is that, y you know, like a chessboard, when strategists play chess, they are m several moves ahead. And, uh, uh, so uh, that's what your word was, and it was evident that God was ahead of us every place that we went. He was ahead of us. It was just an amazing thing to see. Um, we also had a word that was that uh, dispatched angels and archers, and that God will enlarge your expectations. We had another word that there would be a pillar of fire or a cloud whenever we needed it. God met us like never before. I mean, it really made the trip easy, in a sense, because God was just behind us, before us, beside us, just making it all happen. And so Rick gave a word about that she would be touching women and affirming them. Oh, my goodness. Yep. This was a every place this woman was. She, I've never seen her like this ever on a trip. I mean, she's always amazing, but this trip was otherworldly. And uh, women were just connecting with her like magnets, and that was exactly what was happening, affirming them 
uh, as parents, affirming them as wives, affirming them as women of God, affirming them in all of these different areas. And the women were just like connected to her in an incredible way. So it was really There's so neat many to more see. things we could say, but I want to get to the pictures. But there was one word that Ian had given at the, at the end. He said, You're uneasy for the trip. I don't know that I was uneasy. But it was like, am I going to be able to physically, physically make it because of some health issues that I was dealing with? And so God was faithful to the point that he even said, uh, purpose in going is moms who don't know how to be one. So during preparing on the, tr on the long flight, and once we get there, I had messages, two different kind. And I thought, Lord, what do I do? And I felt like the Lord said, do the one on motherhood. And when I did the one on motherhood, in two separate occasions, they were blown out of the water. One lady got up, and she said, I have never heard a teaching on motherhood, ever. My mind was blown, and it was a very basic thing of motherhood. I, I validated them. I really just imparted to them that if God gave you a womb, he gave you a child to raise because it's the child he wants you to raise and nobody else. And it was just living. So Ian, that was right on. So if we want to get to the pictures so you guys can really see what it was like. Well, the reason why we're taking this time to go over this prophetic is to show you how important it is to hear from the Lord. Yeah. Because when you're in the midst of the crazy moments that we face when we're in Africa, and then you draw off of these things that have been spoken and prophesied over you, it, there's, a, there's a breaking of that tension that comes in a settling of your heart. And so, you know, uh, you know, I vacillate back and forth. Should I spend a Sunday morning giving a report like this? And the Lord just said to me, you would rob all of these people who participated in this trip if they didn't hear what they were a part of. And so, that, you know, whether you got the prayer uh, updates and you continue to pray, whether you are a part of this prophetic ministry, when we have opportunity to speak life into people who are ministering, you really need to prepare yourself to do that because it's a game changer when people are out doing the ministry, okay? So uh, we were just following the leading of the Holy Spirit, yeah. and that's what this is all about, it's following the leading of the Holy Spirit. So Judy, uh, we have our, the, the pictures in two different forms. We're going to start right from the beginning in Kenya, and we're going to go through some different things. This is the women's ministry meeting that, uh, that we told you about. We participated. The lady with the hat, she's the national director of women's ministries in all of Kenya. And uh, it was just an incredible, incredible anointing I meeting. felt like I was on a job interview. Right. <laughs> Because yes. they wanted me to say a couple, they wanted me to say a couple things, and I thought this is just strange. And then they all shared, and um, then I just started sharing, and they said, "Oh my gosh, your hearts are heart." So, ladies, if God's pricking at your heart, I've got tons of ministry we can do. So let God yes. stir that in you. Yes. The lady on Tammy's left and the ladies one, two, three on the far right, they are all four, they're students in one of our Harvest Preparation Schools of Ministry to boot, which we weren't aware of as well. And so there's the $500 that we sewed into them and we were praying over that and their ministry 
and all of those types of things. And the journey to get to this place was Lord Jesus. I mean, the road was uh, beyond. I don't even know how you take a car to a place like this. Okay, so uh, then the next morning we flew at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, we had to be at Wilson International Airport at 4.30. Uh, have you guys, you Kenyans, have you ever flown out of Wilson? Yeah, don't do it. Just stay right <laughs> in Jumbo, Kenyatta. <laughs> Wilson Airport is a trip. I mean, it is a trip. And they don't, they use these for meat. They are not ones that carry anything, but they these use camels. these. These camels. They eat these. So the you see all kinds of camels and so forth out there. And so Tammy really loved that. So we got a picture of them. Go to the next picture. This is when we landed in Lodwar. We drove about 75 kilometers north to a place called Colico. And uh, it's a place that has no electricity and that type of thing, but we have 41 students who just graduated last time with their uh, associate's degrees, and we did a, a leadership meeting with them in the morning, and then we've started another school even 40 kilometers north of that toward the Ethiopian border, and if you think this is rustic up there, it's even uh, beyond your wildest dreams rustic, but that's the beauty of what we do. You see the guy in the middle holding a projector, and so they have spun off that school from this school, and so we were there to also issue them the projector for this next school. And so uh, that's the beauty of what we do. And those of you who have sown money, what that guy is holding is he's holding destiny in his hands. And these guys that have never been trained before are now going to be able to have the exact same school that we do here on Tuesday night is the exact school that they do. Okay, go ahead, the next one. This is on Lake Turkana. It's a huge fishing place. The whole place smells like fish, and you know how much I love fish. And so they, what they're doing is they're drying these fish out right now, and then they put them in giant bags, and they put them on the back of a motorcycle, and they start delivering them all throughout uh, Turkana County. And we took a boat ride on the lake, and uh, that was uh, needless to say. I was a little concerned when I seen them using buckets to get the water out yeah. of the boat before we got on. Tammy goes, is that the boat we're going on? I said, why? She goes, because they're bailing water out of it. Maybe that's why I'm a little concerned. And so anyway, so we went to the other side, which is an island on Lake Tracana. And that's the next place we're going to put a school. They say there's 32 churches on that island. Here's Tammy speaking at that leadership meeting. Uh, we tag-teamed a great deal. She would lead off and, and share, and uh, it was always amazing. This is John Atoll. Go, go back just, no, stay right there. I'm sorry, Judy, go ahead. The guy that I'm standing with in the middle, the tall guy, that's John Atoll. He's our regional director in Tracana County. And what he does is, is uh, just a gift beyond measure. I mean, this is the poorest place in all of Kenya. And uh, he's the regional director. There, he has 11 schools up in this Trakana County area, from the Ugandan border to the Sudanese border, uh, now up toward the Ethiopian border. And this place is the Lower Sahara Desert. And when Tammy says hot. it's hot up there, it is no joke hot. You wake up at 91 degrees and it gets to be about 103 or 4 degrees in the middle of the day. And praise the Lord, at last year they actually built a hotel up there 
that has some form of air conditioning in, in the room. And so it's amazing. So this is just uh, issuing the school to the other guy and then the people that were at our, our leadership training. That's the same thing. The guy in the middle next to Tammy is a pastor from Rwanda. He's in the refugee camp in Kakuma and his family is waiting for the opportunity to go to France, okay? So uh, what do we got next here? The next picture is from that as well. Let's just go to the next picture. She's excited as you can see. Okay, now we flew back. This is what we would do. We would fly out on a Monday, and then on Tuesday in the late afternoon, we would fly back out. So we would be in a place, we'd fly out each day would have an airplane flight and we would sandwich time in between there. Now we are in Nairobi. Um, we're uh, with uh, Pastor Washington on the far right. His wife Eunice is on the far left. And this uh, lady, um, Margie, is another uh, wife of a person on their staff. We're at their church. We're getting ready to train uh, 52 facilitators for the Nairobi area, and so this is our uh, class here that we trained. Before we met with them, we met the general secretary of the EAK Church in, uh, in Kenya. He's a guy that's over about 3,000 churches. And so he said the year before, he went all around Kenya visiting the majority of their pastors. He visited 2,450 pastors, and what he found out was 75% of those pastors lacked any training biblically. And so he said he's researched everything we have, what we've done. Number one, he says, I have no idea how you guys do what you do. For You charge $5 a semester. I don't know how you do that. And number two, he said, thank you for doing what you do. And I'm going to be getting as many of my pastors in your schools right away. So the explosion that's happening in Kenya is crazy. These uh, three folks in the middle are from a place north of Mombasa, laced in a very Islamic area. It's called Garissa. And their wife there, uh, his, the guy in the middle, that's his wife to the right. She is working in Nairobi. This is very normal for one family member to work in Nairobi and maybe visit home like every 30 or 35 days. And so, uh, but she's a student in Pastor Washington's school and her husband is there. He was a part of the training and now he's gonna be starting a school in Garissa. This is one of our Nairobi schools right here, 57 students, one of the finest ran schools that I've ever seen. This was after we had a breakfast with the top uh, bishops in Nairobi, uh, and they were all once again blown away, figured out why we've never heard of your schools. But uh, we have three schools in Nairobi as it stands right now. By the end of the year, we're gonna have 11 just in Nairobi. So one of the things that we're trying to do is make the notes easier and more accessible and less expensive. And so through your, your donations that we were able to purchase two copiers. One's going to go up into Trakana County. One's going to go in western Kenya where the need is the greatest. In Nairobi, they don't need projectors. They don't need help with notes. They have everything they need, but it's not like that in the outlying areas. And so I'll talk a little bit more about that 
Uh, these are some gifts that we got. Those blankets are fantastic, and they actually made it home. And that thing in my hand is what a shepherd uses to ward off the enemies, and it has the hardest rock-hard ball on it with a, a, a dent that comes out of the end of it. And so what they would do is they would hit the animals or anyone attacking what they have, and that point on that hard wood would crack the skull of whatever, and so I get the darndest gifts. So I got a Kakura knife in Nepal, it's about that big, and I mean, it's a nasty, deadly knife, and now I got this shepherd's things that'll just crack your skull. Now, here is something that's so cool, how God just can't help himself. Before we left, we had a meeting with Derek Prince Ministries, Pastor Chuck and Oscar and I. Uh, Derek Prince Ministries are completely around the world. They're one of the finest, amazing ministries you will, and the most generous that you will ever come in contact with. And so Dick Liggett, who heads up that ministry, says, when you're in Africa, I want you to meet Jeffrey, our rep there in East Africa. Uh, I want him to know you, and I want you to know I've already told Jeffrey, whatever you want or need, he's there to take care of it for you. So this is our hotel in Nairobi. We met this guy, and uh, so then he's connecting here with Pastor Washington on the copiers. And so he said, I'm going to be coming back through uh, Nairobi in four days. I'll, I'm going to have my Range Rover. I'll load that copier. And where is he stationed? In Siaya, the very place that our guy is. And his where, the warehouse for Derek Prince in all of Africa is in Siaya. And uh, one of the other things that's in Siaya, our friends in Tampa, Florida, who have went and done door-to-door -door ministry, worked with one of the pastors in Siaya. And so then he came to our meeting. We got to meet him. Small world on all of this stuff. So Jeffrey already loaded up the one copier. And uh, he's still, because, you know, there's no delivery service. And so the other thing that he's doing is there's going to be somebody that comes down from Lodwar to Siaya in about 30 days. And then he's going to take the other copier for us up to uh, uh, the Trakana County area. This is uh, in Yela. Uh, this is another one day. You fly into Kisumu. We did this meeting. We spent the night. And then we went to Siaya did the second meeting, and then drove back, and at 7 o'clock we flew back, out at 6 in the morning, and out the next night at 7. And this is Tammy uh, with all the women that uh, she uh, got to do now. They're holding books. And so once Jeff Jeffrey said, how many people are going to be at your CIA, the leadership meetings in, in Yala and CIA? And so we said 120 and 200. His wife, the next day, loaded up uh, a car with a pastor, and they gave us 340 books to give away at our leadership conference. And if you would have seen these folks' face uh, receiving books, in, and they have you know, books in Swahili and in multiple different languages, this is a connection that's going to really go. This is our uh, leadership team in West Kenya, and uh, they're great people. This is in Yela. We're at uh, Ezekiel. He's at the left there uh, with this smile on his face, his arms folded. These guys are sharing different things that they need uh, throughout, you know, their schools and everything. So we had a dinner there and honored them. They also uh, had, uh, oh, okay, so we had their 
this was the online facilitators conference that I did uh, back in May. So I taught here for just over 12 hours uh, on, on our camera system. Joseph helped set all of that up. And I don't know I don't, how many of you have taught for 12 straight hours, but it's uh, quite an exciting time. You loved it. <laughs> and so we mailed over their uh, facilitator certificates and um, um, so they had just gotten them seven days before we mailed them in May, and this was in September. So there's a great story here. <laughs> uh, and so here's, so you know the story. I'm not going to, I shouldn't tell it. Okay. So, uh, but these are the other lady. The lady in the black and white there, her name is Catherine. She is our regional director down in the Capsule Wheat area. She has 66 students in two different uh, uh, associate and bachelor's degrees. She is absolutely amazing. Her husband is a high-ranking officer in the military. Ezekiel's wife is to the, to the far right, just an amazing lady as well. And so go ahead, next pick is, okay, that's just us with them. Next pick. Uh, okay, this is the guy that our friends in Florida uh, uh, did ministry with. And so the interesting story is, is now, their their text messaging is a is a blaze, and so they've been getting text messages from their connectors about how amazing Pastor Walter cannot stop talking about the meeting that he had with Pastor Dwight, and so we're we're getting all of this feedback. But uh, he's a great guy. They go door to door and they go house to house for their ministry, and what happens is is he'll see a lot of the mud huts that. Maybe women are in that are single, and they do everything they can then to build uh, their they, roofless huts, and they help to build roofs for uh, single moms and widows. This is where I preached because uh, I'm trying to set an example for the men of Africa. And so there's a, you'll see a group of women that Tammy has, and I always say right up front, okay, men, we are going outside. And they're like, look at me like, wait a minute. That that's means what women the, do. That means the women will be inside, and that's exactly right. So we will be outside at 95 degrees preaching. And then Tammy and her women's group, they, they were inside here. So it was an, an incredible time of just like a four-hour seminar that we got to be with these people. And we're also planting seeds for uh, a bunch of new schools that will transpire from this. Okay, so that's uh, in Western Kenya. Okay. Okay, so then they made a detour, and they showed us where the Obama family lived. Now, this road between here and uh, Kisumu is paved perfectly. Now, who do you think paid for the paving of that road? Okay, so that, that and I was never so happy to have my tax dollars <laughs> used for something <laughs> that normally I would say, are you kidding? But this was a great road. Okay, so now that, uh, that encompasses our Kenya uh, group, but I wanna just, there's, I wanna make sure I'm not forgetting anything in there. So I told you about 2,450 pastors, 75% of them are untrained. Okay, so before we hit the 
the Kenya or the Burundi pictures, I want to just throw out numbers. 73, 72, 23. Well, what does that mean? Right now in country, in Burundi, we have 73 projectors, we have 72 hard drives, and I have 23 projectors in my office already ready to go, planting seeds for destiny. I'm going to tell you why those 73 projectors are important. 350,700. We graduated, I should have said 385. We graduated 385 leaders in the Achubu uh, denomination, and they already have 700 more <laughs> signed. You know, it would be nice if we were talking about, well, we had 10 things happen here and then 50 people. No, we don't do tens and fifties. We do hundreds and thousands everywhere that we go. And so that's one of the reasons why we have to be strategic. Sometimes when you have to be strategic, you have to give up something to do what God's called you to do. And, you know, that's basically where our lives are right now. And so we're excited about that. So the next number I'll give you is uh, 18, 158, and 3,000. There's 18 provinces in Burundi. And we uh, trained the Methodist Church. They are now on board. Uh, we trained 158 of their leaders who came from all 18 provinces. Uh, uh, when we get to that, I'll share a story. And they are going to have over 3,000 students that are going to start the school before the end of the year. Another 3,000. That's got to be 14,000, 16,000 students in Burundi alone. Uh, 915, that's the number of graduates that we had on this particular trip. And the number two is there's two denominations, just two, that are not yet on board in Burundi. But we have, we're knocking on the door of both of them. And once that, I think it's God's strategy because one of these denominations will have 10,000 students when we first open the doors of what we're doing. So we need to get these. 3,000, uh, that's just the initial volley of the Methodist Church. There's going to be probably another 5,000 students from them as well. And so this is our pickup at the airport. And the reason I gave this, I put this picture on is not because you can see us getting picked up at the airport, but the ma man to the far left or far right, that's, wait, that'd be your far left. Your, yeah, the other right. Yeah, the guy in the purple shirt, that's Solomon. The voice of all the translation in the Karundi. The two guys next to him are the guys that he's training. Uh, they're from Tanzania. They're getting ready to translate the entire school into Swahili. And then Isaiah, you know, to the left. And then Jean-Claude is now his finance director. Uh, we have two other people that are working with us in the schools. Okay, so go ahead and flip the switch there. Okay, this is the... Uh, guy from the Methodist Church. He is the second oversight of the entire Methodist denomination. And before we began our training there, he was given some rich history about why we were there. So in uh, 1990, when uh, the, uh, one of the major civil wars happened in Burundi, they had a Methodist semi uh, seminary and it got totally leveled in the war. Three years later, a guy started raising some funds to rebuild the seminary, and three months after he started the project, he passed away. And so 
for the last 33 years, this guy said, we've had no mechanism to train our leaders. And he said, we're suffering greatly because of that. And so he said, because of what you guys are doing, we're going to be able to totally transform the, our, our Methodist denomination with thousands of students. So they paid for all 158 of their people to come from 18 provinces. Never happened before. And so that was a, a huge big deal. Go back to that picture for just one second. The guy to his left is a guy behind him in the blue suit. They have assigned a, a, a person, a general secretary of Burundi to oversee all of our schools. That's never happened as well either. So they're super serious about everything and that's me just looking on inquisitively about everything that's going here. Okay, so we'll go to the next picture. This is our first graduation in Bunjabora. We had 275 graduates. We marched down the uh, main streets, it'd be like going in Broaden High, and we're marching 275 students. It was one of the most incredible sights. For two miles. For two miles. We, so when you were coming around a roundabout, you know, 100 here and 100 are still, you know, back and 75 are making the turn. It was quite a spectacle. It was also 94 degrees that day. And that graduation robe I wear is like a sauna inside of it. I was soaked. This is the guy uh, that runs our pastor school in Bunjabora. We and and they were graduating. What? Yeah, all, yeah, they were graduating. All 168 of them are. It's a pastors only school, and so. Uh, all of these guys, when they now that they've done their associate's degree, then each one of them are going to start schools in their key provinces of Bunjabora that they are in as they go into their uh, bachelor degree study. But we had to figure who is the only guy that could lead all of these pastors, and that guy was the one. I put this picture in here for a specific reason. Because, uh, you know, the, the percentage of women in the schools is like maybe 17%, but the percentage of women who graduate are 100% thrilled to be a part of that. And so we're very strategic about the women in every place that we minister. And these ladies, it was just a great picture. We're doing the graduation in this church that the former first lady of Burundi, this is her church. And uh, she actually participated in half of the graduation, handing out uh, the diplomas. And I think, quite frankly, she just got tired of standing there, as we did. You're handing out 275 degrees. It takes several hours. There's our class right there of all of those. You see us nestled in the very front there. We're, it's not hard to find us. There's only two Mazungus in the picture, okay? Yes, that is Tammy and I in there. Okay, can you turn the volume up on this? Okay, so 
The story behind Macomba is, is it's an eight and a half hour drive to go about 140 miles. And by, yeah, woe is right, because by the time you get there, every part of any kidney that you have is shook to the core. It is, the, it is just like the worst road that you can ever imagine, but it's worth it when you get there and get to do what you get to do. Now, most of these guys, this was their initial leadership of the Ishubu denomination, the older ones. Most of these guys have third and fifth grade education. And so when we're handing out these 385 degrees, you, you have a lot of 1.3, 1.6, 1.8 grade point averages. And the university, when I landed, Nation to Nation sent out this four-page uh, uh, email about how they're going to start requiring a 2.0 grade point average to be able to graduate because they don't want the quality of the school to be seen in any other way. And so we got a lot of work to do. And so when so after our graduation, I pulled all of the facilitators in and we had like an hour on the fly meeting about ways that they could improve the grades of their students. One of the ways that they could do that is instead of putting a test in front of these guys, having them read and decipher the information if they would read the question out loud and then read the, if it's a multiple choice, read the answers, then I'm telling you it would make a huge difference. It's not that they don't know the information, but to, with a third grade education to read and process the question and then have to answer the question. So we gave them several tips on how to, you know, uh, to move that forward because all 385 of these people are planning on going on to their bachelor's degree. And we cannot stop these guys in their learning. It's so critical. And so I haven't had a chance to meet, you know, Dr. Cliff, if you're watching by chance and you're going to see this video, we, you and I, we need to talk, okay? So this is the church where we had the graduation. It was filled to the gills. I don't know, there's maybe 1,500 people that were at the graduation. It was, I mean, it, it just, you, you sit and you have to compose yourself because you, you know me, I just want to weep every place I go. So 385 grads. Then they had their lunch afterwards. This is just the, the graduates that were a part of this. And this is Isaiah's great team that travel with us, you don't know, they have to fold 385 robes and get them into the car because we're headed out to the next place. It's a lot of work. This is the next day, Sunday morning, they asked us to preach. At, it's a really beautiful church, actually. And so there were a couple thousand people. One lady came up to the pastor and just knelt at his feet during the service. And Tammy said, and I said, I really felt led to go and find out what was going on. But as soon as I leaned over and told Dwight that there were four ladies that came out of the actual congregation and got her off. And um, so um, I made one of the translators follow me and I said, what's going on? And they said, well, she's got a demon. And so I, I talked to them a little bit and she really did not have a demon. What happened was, is her husband and her were very active in the church, and 
um, her husband decided he wanted a second wife, and it devastated her. She had six children, and so when they moved the new wife in, they had a witch doctor come and start speaking curses over her. So she was so depressed. She had left her children. She said, I cannot go back to that town because it's the witch doctor's there, my husband's there, the new wife sits all in front of my face. And so we just ministered life to her. And my heart was totally broken. I don't know if there's another picture. I'm not sure either. You want to flip one um, more just to see? Now, just this okay, just you speak. So, but it was it, it transformed her life that somebody validated her, somebody heard her, somebody touched her, and spoke life to her that she was not going to go crazy, that she had a sound mind, that God was going to be with her through this whole thing. But it was amazing. That is not an uncommon story, even in the church. It's it's teaching them the husband of one wife is really still pretty fresh. And it just devastated her because they were actually active in the church. But God did a lot of ministering. We ministered for an hour for her. And it, it was just, it just changed her countenance. I mean, God was doing something. And she said she has no money. So when some of the women had given me money to say, you know, be led of God. I want you to use this some money. Some you all, yeah. You, and I, God just quickened in my heart to give her she she was living with an uncle who would not let her bring any of her children home so she needed to try to find a place a hut where she could at least get her children back to where she was and and because of that you guys um had given money for that right and so we were able to take oh, that's your her right there yes that's true that is her we did have one so it was a really awesome encounter and when we are equipped with finances from you guys to be able to sow into that, it's important that you see that's where some of your money went, was to this person who would have, I mean, what a miracle of God. You know, people fly 8,000 miles, and, and she's on our heart, your heart, and then Redeemer. This is a river of Redeemers flowing out to her. Okay, go ahead. We'll get the next picture. This is just waiting for the graduation. And so, uh, again, this is another, I think we had a couple we put in here that are doubles. Go ahead and flip through that, Judy. Uh, okay, so this is our first venture into microfinancing, okay? So uh, through some of the finances that you gave, not some, through all of the finances that you gave, we met one of our cooperatives in Macomba. It's a group of 20 young people. They're in their 20s, all of them. And they had different skill sets and giftings. From what they learned in the community development, they began producing charcoal. They've not only began producing charcoal, they've made hydroelectric uh, uh, power units that uh, they're powering 30 families and making some money for the power that they're providing. So they want to build a larger scale hydroelectric situation. But we were in, interested in their first money maker. The, the one that's going to make the most is this charcoal project. One of the things that they're doing is, is they are not cutting down trees. They are using all biodegradable different types of things, trash, uh, sawdust, and everything, and they put it in an oven and break it down, and then it, it has a, it's like a dark liquid mo uh, mixture, 
And what they do is they put it in a machine that compresses it and then pushes it out into round cylinders. And then about every two inches, they cut off those cylinders. Somebody's jamming the stuff in there. And this is a machine they made on their own. And so what we have done is we have set up an agreement with them. We, we knew in advance this was happening. And so we were prepared with a gift of $1,000 to buy a brand new charcoal producing machine. And so they're going to be able to produce four times the amount of charcoal that they were producing with the old machine. And uh, that is the oven back behind them. And these ladies were just, they couldn't wait to get a picture with, with mama. And uh, so this is uh, uh, the charcoal that's burning. Now, this charcoal burns 25% longer than a normal piece of charcoal as well. So it has all kinds of amazing components. And so we took one of Brick Cliff's photographers because he wanted to go around. This guy happened to know all about making charcoal. So he was sitting with us and John's like, you mind if I ask them a few questions? So he was talking about the, uh, the liquid content that's inside, how do you dry it and everything. And so after they were done explaining, he said, these guys really know what they're talking about. This is a great project for you to be investing in. And so this is the whole group and those, they're holding up those pieces of charcoal. And so all of our team that was with us, they got one or two pieces of charcoal. They brought them home. They used them, and they said, These, this is amazing charcoal. This isn't like the normal charcoal. And so, wait a minute. What, what the gig is is this. It's a microfinance project. They have to turn in 10% of everything they make. I, I, thought, I thought I was on Shark Tank. And they were coming with their project, and I wanted 10% of their operation. And so we're not going to take that 10% outside of Burundi. But what we're going to do is, is when they're finished with paying back their uh, charcoal unit, then we're going to take that money and take it to another cooperative. This is a business lesson for them as well. This is a biblical lesson. You cannot devour all of your fruit. You have to give something back to the kingdom for God to continue to bless what you're doing. And so these guys are, so they said, I, so I made the offer. And they said, do you mind if we go out and have a meeting? So they left the shark tank, all 20 of them. And so Tammy said when they were out there, she said, honey, when they come back in, you need to have a vote that every one of those people have to be on board with this or, or you don't give them the money. And so they came back in, and we said, so what, they said, we're going to do it. And I said, half of you or all of you? So I said, I want to see by a show of hands. They all raised their hand. And uh, th that was on a Thursday. The next Wednesday, they had the charcoal machine. They went to Bunjabora and purchased the machine. And now they are on their way. This is the next graduation that we did in that same uh, did church in the morning did the uh, Shark Tank in the early afternoon, and then we did another graduation. This is a grad site for the following graduation. I took this picture because, number one, it's beautiful. The, the landscape is gorgeous. And number two, there was an elementary school there, and so these kids are just absolutely... Their first day of school. Yeah, their first day year. of school. 
And so this is what a Burundan school looks like. And my grandkids are tired of hearing uh, Papal talk about this, but no windows, dirt floors, uh, bench seats where like five or six kids sit on a table. No backs. And, uh, no what? No, no backs. backs. And if I ever hear any of our kids here complain about their schools, you're going to get the grandpa lecture that you wish you would have never opened the door for. But these kids, uh, this, them being able to get to school is incredible. Hit the next slide there. Uh, this is Tammy preaching in that church. Hit the next slide. Okay, this is Gatega. This is where we have a school in the prison. Uh, this is not the prison graduation, but uh, this is in that same area. Uh, an amazing group of, of pastors and leaders here. We had a great time of prophetic ministry there. Okay, let's go to the next picture. This is the Methodist Church group. Uh, there's all 158 of the guys and girls that are there too, mostly guys, that were there to start their schools in, in 18 provinces. And the majority of these guys, because our team in Burundi has been working with them, they already have 30 to 50 students signed up. It's not like we're, we're guessing if there's going to be 3,000. There's like 3,000 already before they even went back to, to Wait, register. Wait, two pictures ago, the government officials, Go back. Do you have that picture? What? One more. One more. There were government officials in this one. Oh, there's government officials. There's government officials at every graduation now. It's it's an amazing thing how this has happened. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they're definitely here as well. Okay, go on. Um, now Isaiah is building a complex. This is his project. We're not a part of this financially because there's you can't finance everything but he is building a living quarter that will house a hundred pastors and wives and or Muslims who get saved because once Muslims get saved they're kicked out of their their places immediately and they have no place to go so he's building this complex for Muslims to come in and for three months They'll be able to stay here, and then there'll be Bible school, Bible teaching that they'll do to help acclimate them into the Christian faith and have a safe place to live while they're doing that. So this project's like $130,000. And so it's amazing. Go ahead and hit the next picture. Everything that they do is by hand. They're, they're, they're stripping down boards. This guy is uh, make, he's making frames for their cement pillars that they build. They, this is all by hand. Uh, this guy's they use that saw backwards because it's easy. They said it's easier to strip the boards down. And so it's just amazing when you watch what they do. Everything is done by hand, whether it's digging a ditch, mixing the concrete, carrying the buckets of concrete it's all done by hand and so you know they weren't putting this on this isn't like a film that we did and they're doing that you know for the film this is actual work day uh, there on the site and so I just thought it would you know be interesting by the way I mean your your Apple iPhone does and I know the, all y'all's galaxies do too I just was saying all these videos are just taken off an iPhone, and they're just amazing quality. 
that comes out from all of these videos. I didn't know you'd all need Dramamine to watch that, but uh, okay, so go on to the next picture. Uh, this is the graduation in Ungazi. Uh, the guy in the very middle is one of the top government officials in all of Ungazi. And he talked for 25 minutes. And then another guy talked for 25 minutes because they were all so excited. So five of them talked for 25 minutes. But this guy said he had a church and he was teaching absolute total heresy. And uh, this school has just transformed everything he's taught. Uh, there's government officials uh, all lined up here. And every speech was either about a cooperative, about church conflict being resolved. It was just amazing the amount of passion that came out of this graduation. There he is giving that. And we had the national news that were at three of our graduations. So, okay, go ahead. Uh, this is the guy from Brick's group, and this is uh, Chiri, and they're both the photographers for the trip. So uh, this is uh, Shadrach's Bakery, and it, this, this guy has crawled in under, there's four shelves in this bakery. He's building three more ovens because God has just blown him, blessed him and blown away his business. They are in there bagging all of the stuff and there's 20 guys on bicycles that are getting ready to deliver this it's one of the most incredible and they use their oven you have logs you know like this you keep pushing them into the fire and they know exactly how much log needs to be in under that oven to create 350 degrees it's a <laughs> we wouldn't last a minute we would never eat bread again if that's the way we had to do it. But, and so Shadrach, every time we come, I know I'm hurrying. Every time we come, he's got two big bags of bread for us and it's the best bread in the whole world. This is another graduation, I know, redundant. Uh, another graduation in a very small area of Burundi. Okay, go ahead and this is the group that's out. Look at all of these people, I'm telling you. There, you couldn't, if you drove through the town, you wouldn't think there was that many people even in the whole town. But now that's our graduation of students, amazing. This is a, a, a five and a half hour drive from there on the same day. I allowed Tammy to stay home because all y'all were so worried about my wife being worn out. I want to just say that this, th we drove for nine and a half hours a day and did four graduations, and uh, we were so tired on the way home. Poor Isaiah didn't see one of the speed bumps, and we hit a speed bump at 55 miles an hour, and it was quite shocking, to say the least, and nothing happened to the car. So anyway, uh, these are the kids from that area, and this happens everywhere, and I just love these kids. Man, I'd like to take a couple of them home in my suitcase, this is how you transport goods and services. It's a true story, yes. And I just took this picture. We are on our way to a graduation. Instead of taking that eight and a half hour beat you to death road, we went around the whole country. It was an hour extra drive. And we found an area in Burundi I've never been before. Lord Jesus. We are about 8,000 feet up in the mountains and this one little road 
is carved through the mountains, and you see that grass side? It's 4,000 feet down below that. The, I'm showing we are driving through clouds. And so Isaiah will like swerve to the left to like miss a speed bump. And I'm telling you, I was sweating bullets. I'm like, Isaiah, move over. Move. They're cracking up, laughing at me. But it was the most harrowing 32 minutes because I timed it that I've ever been on in the side of a mountain of a journey. The things we do. The, this group in this middle of nowhere graduation, they wrote a song about the Harvest Preparation Schools of Ministry. And they sang and performed about how this school has totally transformed their entire city. And that's what they were doing, singing a song to us. Man, uh, how did we get so blessed? Okay, go ahead. Uh, this is the graduates from there. Go ahead. Okay, this is where the Nile began. And so we got to see finally the place of the beginning of the Nile. Go flip through here. Uh, this is the point where the German uh, Burkhardt, he, he traveled 6,750 kilometers from the mouth of where the Nile hits the Red Sea, and he went backwards, and 6,000, this is in the 1930s, uh, and this is the actual point where the Nile comes out of. And so I wish they wouldn't have commercialized it, but it's cool, and we had a guide. It was one of the most incredible things we've done now. Where that drip of water came out, this is one of the areas we're getting ready in the middle of nowhere to do another graduation, and that's how wide the Nile has gotten from the beginning of its dripping. Okay? So this is us teaching at a leadership conference there. As a matter of fact, we don't like to travel after dark, and the way into this place was incredible. On the way out, we all had to get out of Isaiah's car because we were going up such a steep cliff that the car couldn't make it up there. It was just sliding backwards. And it was like, not, not good. So we got out and we, we made it. So this is Tammy again teaching there. This is the crusade. I, I've never seen, uh, and I thank them for the picture where I look so <laughs> stealth and so thin and so wonderful. And uh, so this is preaching at the crusade. Uh, and Tammy just did an amazing job setting me up, and uh, God gave me a message that it's just simple. This is a simple message, and it's about you. Go ahead and, and flip, flip through there. This is the group of people that came to get saved, hundreds of people getting saved. It was just incredible, and hundreds of people got healed. This is the next day where a church uh, is a, a great church. This church has been alive for four years, and the guy has over 700 people at his church. He's a pastor in our school, uh, and so just go ahead and flip through. Go ahead. Uh, this is a graduation in a friend's church, and they all wore these gowns. I've never seen anything like it. And so uh, this is Isaiah's son, and I'm prophesying he's going to be a doctorate of something one day. So this is at our house. This is Isaiah's wife, Rose. You don't see Rose in this kind of picture very often, but this woman has totally changed. And God has put such a joy in her heart. This is the women that Tammy worked with from Isaiah's UCE team. They had some great meetings. 
This is a swimming pool in Bunjabora. <laughs> Does that recognize that, Beth? Yeah. And so I thought I had a video. It, go to the next picture, uh, if you would. That's it? And so that picture's not a video? Okay, so what happened was, is they were holding a giant East African nations meeting there, and the vice president of Burundi was there, and they had this uh, African drum team that is just incredible for you to see. So as we're watching this, military guys with sniper rifles, sniper rifles are running by us, and they're manning every area and getting ready. So it's like, I think we'll have our Coca-Cola right here and just sit tight until all of this stuff is over. So this is what we do in a short amount of time. And uh, it's just amazing. We're touching thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people's lives are being transformed. And it's because of all of us here. And this is what a river of life looks like as it flows out of Redeemer Church. And I just want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart to be able to represent you on this thing that God is just doing in such a major way. Would you stand with me today? Father, today I thank you for all of these things that transpired on this trip. I thank you for every person, whether they prayed or prophesied or gave money or whatever they did to be a part of this trip. Father, you know there was hundreds of people that were joined together at the hip making all of this happen. And Father, I pray you bless them, you keep them, you watch over them in this time, Father, that uh, uh, we're a part of such a great journey together. Father, I thank you for Redeemer's Church and how we have our pulse, not only in life-wise at Scottwood, but we have our pulse in the Harvest Preparation Schools of Ministry around the world. And so, Father, what an honor it is to be able to serve you and to be a part of what Pastor Willard started some 57, 58 years ago. And here we are still doing it for the kingdom of God. And, Father, we just give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.